Hello. Hello, TJ. Hello, TJ. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, mate? I hear some... I hear a Canadian siren in the background there, buddy. What's going on? Jesus. The the feds coming for me, dog. You know what I'm saying? Which feds are coming for you, Chris? Well, the the Mounties, eh? They're coming to deport me back to America. And you're like, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Take me, dog. Take me. No, no. I'm going to act like I'm struggling, but you can take me. Um, I'm glad that passed. Yeah, I'm over here. I'm I just look I'm looking at a picture that's that our, our friend Truett Dietz yeah. tweeted us saying if if Chris and Jason combine into one person and it's a picture of Stanley Tucci wearing a very C B outfit. So the outfit's so, fire. So the outfit is full. he's wearing like a nice brown leather loafer jeans i wouldn't wear i wouldn't wear brown loafers to be fair but sure continue no sock but the loafer brown matches the the leather on his belt um so there's something and then denim denim button-up shirt denim jeans same color tasteful goatee and then the (laughs) the part about chris is he's bald and then the part about me is he seems to be manning a very expensive wood fire where he's created a a nice uh, Neapolitan style pizza. Uh, yeah, that's so. So I'm the famous good-looking actor, and Jason's an oven. Just, just, to re- <laughs> just, to, just to recap. Boy, you look like a damn oven. <laughs> Boy, you look like an expensive imported Italian oven. But now, now that I'm now that I'm thinking about, it, I mean, it is true. Tucci is, you know, he's a raconteur, just like Big Tej, and then. He he'd be dressing just like Chris Black, mm, and yeah, also and, and also plays gay pretty well, just like Chris Black. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Where's the line? Maybe, well, I don't. I'm looking for one, and I can't find is Tucci, one. Uh, is, is Tucci is is he gay? I didn't. I don't know if he's gay or not. I think he's not. I actually, I don't. Actually, I don't know either. I think after everyone saw Devil Wears P, they were like, "Shit, I I don't know." Even his mom was like, damn, I don't even know if he's gay. That's true. I mean, him and apparently in 2019 out reported that Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci are starring in a gay love story, which sounds like a pretty good movie. Ooh, big Firth. (laughs) Big Firthy, Uh, baby. Big Firth. Um, What else is going on, bro? Um, Well, I would would say not much. I, I have reached, we have reached the point in the quarantine where I need a second haircut, and it's making me sad because I, the, the, I already the, I've already done two. I'm already on my second. I'm gonna get hit my third on, on Friday every two weeks, baby. We, we what, what number on the Clippers are you? If you don't like mind me two. asking, like yeah. a two. Don't I don't like sharing personal stuff like this with the fans, but two. I th- I I I do a three, and it's too short for me. Well, I mean, bro, it, it was too short. What does that even mean? You know what I mean. <laughs> I, I like I like the lived in personality that a five has, but I threw away all my clipper guards except for the three, so I'm kind of fucked. And you know, it's normally something I would just order on Amazon and it would show up in eight hours, but it's just you know, buying stuff on Amazon doesn't even it's not even really a thing well, anymore. No, well, it's also like it, it's gonna get here in fucking June, so what's the point? It's either sold out or it's getting here in June. 
Well, I'm, I mean, I might have to hit ATL, baby. They open they open everything up on Friday, so I'll be back at Barry's, no problem. I saw that. Is that something that you are actually considering? No, no, but they are popping. I, I appreciate that the South is just absolutely unhinged, just doing their own thing. It's it's. I mean, I think other places are doing it, but Atlanta's getting or, or Georgia's getting a lot of of uh, mm-hmm. press about it. Yes. Um, I haven't talked to my parents yet, but I would love to. I mean. They're pretty much rule followers, so I, I, I doubt they'll be out wilding at, at fucking Popeyes or hitting the local Costco. But you never but know. But they're it's it's if the if the ban is lifted, then it's not really a rule to be broken. Yeah, but my mom's a medical professional, right, so she's right, probably right. like okay, these okay. fucking dumbasses. Because that's what I'm worried not. about are the people who are like the rule followers who just trust that they're in good hands with their with their government and their you know their. They're governors and mayors and Congress people. Yes, I don't exactly. Want, I don't Gover- want Mrs. Black. No, I would hate for I would hate for Gary or Linda to come down with the COVID and have to have <laughs> big, big big Chris come in and play doctor. You know what, what? I'm saying? <laughs> That's what you think is going to happen. Also, I, I mean, love. I just love that sentence. I hope my parents don't come down with COVID, and then because <laughs> then Big Chris would have to come and take care of them. What the fuck are you going to do to take care of your parents who have COVID? You're like, I got you a Chrome Hearts respirator guard. (laughs) That would be fire. That would probably make them feel better just on site. Like just seeing that would lift. You're like, is there something I can do? Is maybe I could go for a run? Would that help or no? No. Okay. Would me leaving help at all? Because I'm really, I'm really down to do that. Look, maybe, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, I, I don't know. My sister has these twins. Like, it's, oh, yeah. it's a, I forgot the, about that. the whole family unit is locked in except for, except for CB running wild as usual. Well, this is, um, this is now a nightmare scenario for you that I want to see come happen, come to fruition is the, is the whole black family under one roof. It's the new family stone. Well, you know, years ago when I was managing Cartel, I did pitch a reality show idea where my my dad and I were, would share an office and all the antics that would ensue. Really? Um, yeah, the idea black and black and sons, where my dad, a straight laced accountant, and his doofus son and all his drug using buddies under one roof trying to get business done. That's a recipe for success That's, to me. So, so nobody nobody was sniffing around when you were pitching out black on black. I mean, I was sniffing around, if you know what I'm saying. But, uh, <laughs> that's 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 kind of where I was going with that. <laughs> that was the plot of the show, actually, is like my dad's in the next room while me and my friends are doing coke <laughs> and like making phone calls. So everyone uh, else in 2003 was like, dude, I have this bomb <laughs> restaurant idea. We should do it. Like, and, and then we'll like, have like live music there, too. Like, that's their coke idea. And you're like, I want to share an office with my dad. It'd just be funny. I just knew it, it was a recipe amazing. for success. Well, maybe um, maybe there's still chance, or you could I mean, some- fire up the the YouTube live or the the IGTV. IGTV. What's up? It's your boy Chris and hit your boy Gary coming you're, to you live. Gary Black's going to be the new John Legend, and you're going to. I mean, the my- new <laughs> <laughs> my dad. The one thing my dad can do that's really fire because he's been an accountant for so long is he can use an adding machine without looking no misses like <laughs> he's looking he's looking at a piece of paper and hitting the add machine no look fire full hand no no question uh, always, always right so very so impressive paper full of numbers in one hand adding machine in the other hand no look glasses down on his nose you already know visor the whole he, thing he doesn't 
he doesn't have a visor, but luckily he does have some very chic Oliver Peoples that I picked out for him. So he is he is seeing straight. You know what I mean? Gary Black is fucking stunting on you, hoes. He is stunting. Um, shoot. All right. Well, I guess we should talk about our guest. <laughs> I guess we should. Yeah. I guess we should. our listeners about our guest today. Today we are talking to uh, Molly Young, um, who is originally from San Francisco but lives in New York. She is the literary critic for the New York Times. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, New York Magazine. Sorry, she's a literary critic for New York Magazine. Damn, mm. that's fucked up. But yeah, I've I've she, never met her before, but I know her on the internet through Chris Chang. Yes, she's she's very smart. Uh, she also had a book come out uh, in 2018. Um, called uh, DCT with Penguin Press, and that was uh, co-written by Joanna Avales, which is also an illustrator. Mm. Um, I don't know, bro. She's funny. She's cool. I think she's losing her mind. In fact, she told me I'm losing my mind. Um, so I, th- I feel like she might be unhinged, which is great for content. Hell yeah. And it's also, you know, we can add her to the list of smart cool busy people who we don't deserve to talk to but still somehow managed to pull it off you know in in some ways jason i would say that's the brand of our podcast actually is is it is smart smart overeducated people that um are literally doing charitable work by talking to two idiots so what does that say about us psychologically speaking um well you know some people like junk food do, you know, we, it's like the, do we subconsciously yearn for validation from our peers more than we realize? I, I it's not subconscious, bitch. I'm so jealous <laughs> of, of people who went to real colleges and, ha- and have smart people jobs. Are you ain't, kidding me? No I love sub. to interlope. Ain't no sub. Ain't no sub. Okay. Ain't no sub. All, all right, let me call her. Bet. Hey, hey. what's up? <laughs> not much. How do I turn off the camera? We don't fucking uh, know. Just kidding. <laughs> you got it. Okay, cool. You probably were the best person at finding that out out of all of our oh, guests. Great. Some people never got it. <laughs> That's true. How are you? I'm not used to I'm not used to audioing audioing with multiple people. Wait, I can't tell if it's on speakerphone or not. No, you sound good actually. I do? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, right, did Jason? you just say audioing? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into that. Welcome to the show. What's uh, what's up? Hey guys, how are you guys' moods today? <laughs> I have a good mood today. Um, my mood is, I would say, I'm looking at seventy percent, um, but I, I kind of hover around seventy-five to eighty, so it's not bad. Okay, but so you're on the low end of your spectrum today. Well, it's, I think it's hailing right now, which kind of bring is bringing me down oh, a little bit. But honestly, I need sunshine so bad. I'm desperate. I'm I'm like dying for some heat. Have you ever tried a sad lamp? No, I haven't. But I feel like you have. Yeah, I have. It didn't work. It was just, it, I mean, what seems really obvious after you get one is that it's like really bright. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's like staring at the sun. And so it's impossible to do anything while you're while you're sad lamping and also it just didn't work i think the quality of the light i mean you know there's no replacement for sunlight no you're right like <laughs> from 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 god's mouth it, to my ears. <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> where are you right now i'm in cape cod oh Ooh. wow finally our whitest guest <laughs> um uh, <laughs> 
what's going on up there? Just a, a, a family home we situation? We need the Cape Cod scene report, please. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. So, okay, so here here's the timeline. I came back, I was in Mexico, and I came back on March 12th, and there was a woman on my plane who was, like, coughing loudly the whole time and not wearing a mask, and the entire plane was, like, jumping out of its skin. Oh, and then, Yeah. And then seven days later, I got really sick, but I didn't have the symptoms. I didn't, they weren't respiratory symptoms. I was just super achy and I was like sleeping 20 hours a day. And so I, I'm kind of hoping that I had COVID, but I don't think I actually did. And then two weeks after that, I just, you know, obviously stayed indoors, didn't leave the house. And then two weeks after that, um, my older brother had gotten really, really sick with, with the virus. Um, and yeah, he's recovering now. But um, so my my dad has a little house in a town called Woods Hole, which is like a scientific research community in Cape Cod. It's like um, what <laughs> the fuck are you talking? It about? just went from so, white to very white. Uh, yeah, this just took a turn. I thought I thought no one could out white me, but thank you God, we finally found someone. A scientific research community. Yeah, we're gonna need you to Cod. unpack that. We're gonna need you to unpack that. Well, it's basically there. There's a bunch of there's like a bunch of institutions here. There's a big marine biological laboratory, and then there's the oceanographic institution, and then their big one is the federal. It's called NOAA, and it's like the federal agency devoted to tracking weather and waterways. <clears throat> so anyway, everyone here is like a scientist, and the reason why I so here, anyway, so anyway, <laughs> this sounds a lot like L.A., but yeah, keep going, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, girls, um, so <laughs> my, my grandfather, interestingly, was a virologist. He studied viruses. And so he did a bunch of research here and, like, bought a little plot of land. And then that went to my dad, who also did research here. And he built a little house on it. And now I'm here, and I am not doing research. Wow. This is, this is, like, a pretty good situation, I feel like, for you. It's really wonderful. It's also – it's kind of like your typical Cape Cod – beach town but because it's just an academic hub everybody here is a nerd and so there's no kind of there's none of the like status anxiety that you get Ooh, gross i love status places. anxiety are you kidding me that's my high Ugh, really I hate <laughs> yeah it. I, I love being the poorest person in a rich area that's my nut <laughs> that's fully my nut i don't think that i, I mean I guess I just don't do well with nerds because they can tell that I'm going to like flick their ear or something. You know? So I have, to be, I, have to, I, have to, I have to be careful. But is it is it at capacity, you think, because of, like did everybody go, that has a house there like come to their house? No, no, it's pretty empty. It's like 10% full. It's really just the year-rounders who are here. And then me, I'm, my husband and I were kind of carpetbagging. But one of the benefits of that is that there is like one section of town that's really fancy um, and it's a private road and, and, and pedestrians are allowed to walk onto it, but it's not really encouraged. And once I was walking on it and someone told me to turn around and go home cause they could tell I didn't live there, but, um, <laughs> go <but> home. <laughs> there's all these like, you know, multimillion dollar houses, but the people aren't, the summer people aren't there and their gardens are just like in full spring like flowers jizzing everywhere mode and so beautiful i've just been going and like harvesting like thousands of dollars worth of daffodils <laughs> and tulips and stuff and just bringing it back to my my little house and setting it up in my office it's like robin robin hooding 
So you're not a scientist, but you have pivoted to floral arrangement. Exactly. Mm. I, you know, I haven't, I haven't picked up any COVID hobbies, unfortunately. I'm not really a hobby guy. You're not. Uh, no, I, I, anything that I remotely like, I either am not good enough at, or I try to turn it into a job. So I, I don't know what it's like to do something just for joy. <laughs> but don't you think, don't you think it's fun to be bad at things sometimes? Um, you know, I wish I did. That would make my life a lot easier. Uh, but I'm, I'm not, I like cooking or something is so, it's so enormous to me that I'm not even uh, uh, able to approach it. It's too, like, I want to be good at it immediately. I can't, I couldn't handle the five years it would take to be decent, you know? So you, you're not able to, to process or understand the, the pleasure you get from sucking at something and then slowly over time mastering it. No, I think that's why I'm not that good. You don't, you don't like the journey. You only want the destination. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I know Jason is kind of a hobbyist. It sounds like you are too. I mean, I'm crafting. Yeah. But Jason, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, well, I mean, no, I'm not crafting. I am doing a lot of things around that, you know, landscaping, cooking, you know, stuff like that. But I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not like knitting or anything yet. Well, here's my question for you, Chris. Um, if you don't have hobbies, if there, if there isn't like a constant, um, if you're not constantly setting up ways to distract yourself and trick yourself into being busy, um, mm. like what do you physically do? Like when you're not working Twitter? Uh, well, I mean, I guess I exercise or I read or I socialize, but you're saying in these, but I feel like those all exercise is more for vanity and mental space, but I I don't know if I consider it a hobby for, I've never thought of it that way. Exercising is absolutely a hobby, but I think you might, you might consider exercise to just be like a basic function that all humans should do. And so, well, you know, something more niche to be a hobby. I approach it as an athlete, so maybe that's the difference, you know. Um, but you know, <laughs> this is that, this that is can, life. This is your life. This is not a hobby. Exactly. Yeah, I'm training for the Olympics. I just the don't rest, know which one. <laughs> the, the rest is just details. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, I don't. I don't even really like. I've tried to be the person who uses this time like wisely and watch like you know f- French films, but I'm <laughs> I I can oh, I can instead we watch Too Hot to Handle Netflix's new disgusting show in two days and I feel great about it. Like I don't, I can't, I'm not able to use the time as wisely as some people are. I think. I think that's good though. I think everyone should just do exactly what their instincts tell them to do. If that's like bake bread and knit, that's good. And if it's just to like watch shitty Netflix or masturbate nonstop or like drink soda or whatever, I I think you just have to. (laughs) I'm glad I'm glad. I'm glad you touched on what I'm doing and then also what Jason is doing because he, Jason, I am Jason drinking is, a lot of soda. Jason is definitely masturbating with a Coca-Cola in his, in his left hand. No, so I, am, I am not. I am not because there's no, there's no time to do there's that. No, there's no there's opportunity. No yeah. There's no opportunity. That's the reality. And there's, I mean, those holes in the yard are going to dig themselves. <laughs> Coincidentally, those, that the yard is the only place I could really jack off nowadays. Oh, because that's, that's your only alone time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Local tall man arrested for jerking off in own yard during Corona. Yeah, the backyard wasn't doing it for me anymore. 
Understood. <laughs> Understood. Well, what, so are you seeing Molly? Are you able to see other, like, do you have any friends there? Like local resident <laughs> townie buds that you can socially distance, but have a chat with? There are a couple people who I, when I go on my walks, we wave and like stop and talk from 20 feet away for a second. But mostly, mostly all of my social contact is in the form of structured, like planned FaceTiming, which is kind of a bummer, but it's better than nothing. Were you doing that? Were you a big FaceTimer before? God, no, not at all. <laughs> we're, I mean, did you, did did you guys FaceTime each other a lot before this? Absolutely I've never, not. I don't, I don't FaceTime with other dudes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but, <laughs> no, but I just don't. I just find it to be generational, maybe. I don't know. Jason and I are, are older than you, I'm sure. Like, I'm, I'm 37. Uh, he's like okay. 40. He's 43. And, That's not um, true at all. <laughs> but, but I just think that. Like when I see young people that just FaceTime instead of call, like that's just how they operate. That really freaks me out. Um, but I, I don't FaceTime. This is the most I've ever used FaceTime. I don't even before. want to call. Yeah. I mean, I think calling is coming back after this though. It is. It's so much fun again. Are you sitting, are you sitting on the phone like a teenager, like braiding your hair and chatting with the girls? Yeah. I actually, right now I'm literally twirling my hair. Damn. Let's unpack that. Where was that? <laughs> I said, let's unpack that. Let's not. You know what I? You know what I realized before we got on the phone is that we all have names that make it sound like we're in the witness protection program. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, what what is an example of a of a true authentic name then? Because you're you hit the nail on the head. There's but it's it's a hard thing to quantify, you know, what makes a witness protection name. So maybe I don't know. Who's the best named person you know? Um Vlade Divac. <laughs> mm. I don't shit. I don't know. All my all my friends Chris Delia. <laughs> all my male friends have fucking Bible names and I love it. Like <laughs> We're all just we're all just Chris and 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 Joseph. We're and going John. over to John Smith's house. It's it's literally all my friends have names like that. Like I'm I'm gonna look at my call log right now and just see my text log. Dylan Hunter Ryder. Yeah, exactly. I mean, literally. I mean, Eric Chakine. I guess that's a different name. But then I've got. I mean, it's crazy in here. It's it's normal as hell. Dylan, Drew, David, Jill. Matthew. I mean, that's just boring. This is some good pod, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't have any flavor in my life. <laughs> you need some more seasoning in your on your recently called list, Chris. Molly, yeah, are you, you need, are you, you need are a you, little pepper with that salt? <laughs> are you in witness protection? Is that where we're going with this? No, no, it's just an observation about our super generic names. <laughs> mm, it is super generic. Do you have but a middle you, name, Young? Sorry? You have a middle name? Beth. Oh, yes. Super yeah. Damn. You're white as hell, too. I feel it. I mean, look, like, it's, do, does anybody in your family have a funky name? I mean, the I'm Jewish, so there's a lot of, like, wacky Israeli names, like Moisha, Menachem, things like that. But those Moisha's- are just kind of, like, mushy-sounding names. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've never thought about that, but you're right. They are mushy sounding. Mm-hmm. So while mm-hmm. um, while you're in Cape Cod, are you hanging out like in the water, shredding and stuff like that, or is that is that disallowed? Uh, it's not disallowed. There's no like shred. There's no shreddable areas um, near where I am. Um, although on Saturday, I uh, on Saturday there was a little storm swell, and I drove four hours and took three ferries to go surfing. What <laughs> for like <laughs> two hours? Are you that big of a shredder? No, not really. It's just so addictive. And, you know, I mean, it's like if somebody told you that you couldn't exercise for a month, you'd go oh, crazy. Yeah I'd, yeah, I'd be doing wild shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So are, are when, you surfing in New York? Yeah, in Long Island. Damn, that's sick. It's really fun. There's some really, really excellent people don't know this about New York, but the surf is like actually genuinely incredible when it's good. I don't buy it. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When, right. when when did you pick this up? Like how how recent is this or is this a, a, a long standing hobby? Well, I I mean I surfed when I was a teenager cuz I I grew up in California in northern California. But then I didn't I went to college on the East Coast and I then I moved to New York and I didn't have a wetsuit or anything like that. And then maybe like 2 years ago I kind of got back into it and then got completely obsessed and now it's all I want to do. So what's the gear, what's the gear, like what's the upstart cost of being a surfer? I feel like it's pretty high. No, it's actually not. It's really low. Like you get a Craigslist board for like $200. I guess that's kind of a lot. And then you get kind of a used wetsuit, which is a little gross because you know that somebody's like peed in it, but you know, you rinse it out. That's okay. And then is, is you the don't peeing, need any other equipment. Is the peeing thing a real thing that happens? I mean, yeah, it's just inevitable because mm-hmm. if you're in the water for a while, it just comes out. It probably feels pretty good, actually. Feels incredible. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Who doesn't love being being themselves? <laughs> Soaking in it. To, you, to be honest, you know. <laughs> usually, it happens. You know, as as long as you're peeing yourself because it's that it's something that you are trying to do versus something that's happening to you. It's it's better that way. <laughs> <laughs> is how but but surfing is something that i've i feel like is very difficult to be good at am i wrong or is it is it did it come naturally to you so it was gratifying immediately or is it something you've had to really like work at that's an interesting question i think you're i think you're right it's really hard to get good at but i will say that the like what's the best way to put this the learning curve is such that you can get to the fun part really quickly like you can go out one time and stand up on the board and ride a wave and that's as good as it ever feels really. So mm. once you get to that point, you're just kind of refining your technique. Yeah, you're always fair. chasing that dragon, that first pump. Oh my God. I, I just, you know, cause I've, I've been, I've, I've chosen tennis as my later in life athletic pursuit because I feel like it's easier on my body mm. and surfing seems to require like a car, you know? Yeah, it does. It does. Tennis is social though, which is nice. Yeah, tennis. That's a good point. Tennis is pretty social. I guess surfing. I but you don't. Do you go alone or do you go? You go with somebody normally, don't you? I usually go alone. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that also appeals to me because then you don't. You're not dealing with some other bozo to to, to get there on time. Yes, exactly. But you have to yeah. get up at like four thirty in the morning. Yeah, but it's kind of fun. It's like when you get up to get on an airplane or something. It feels exciting to be out on the streets when nobody's out, and you you know just. The phenomenon of like seeing dawn in New York is not something I'm used to. 
yeah, I've only seen Dawn after doing too much coke. I don't know what it would be like to like <laughs> head to the beach in a wetsuit and look at the sunrise. That sounds pretty enthralling. <laughs> I love hearing about your wild cocaine days on the podcast. <laughs> no, that honestly does. What, the, the only time people see the sunrise is either like waking up to the airport or doing coke. What are the other reasons for that? Mm, uh, ecstasy. Oh, true. Okay, yeah. Good point. Good point. Good point. <laughs> I didn't think. I didn't think about that one. Uh, Jason, Jason, did you have wild cocaine days too? Um, I, I, I'd had a lot of wild times, but I, I wasn't really that into Coke as much. Like I, I, I did Coke a decent amount of times, but I was never, I never got bit by the bug. I was always kind of <laughs> like, eh. the, the consequences outweighed the, the, the benefits pretty early on for me. But I yes. did like other drugs a lot more. What about, well, if you're going to ask us, then we must ask you. Um, what I don't. What I didn't like about cocaine, because I don't, I don't habitually do it now, and I, I guess I didn't either. But what I didn't like about it is that it just kind of, it was like me, but at three x speed, mm-hmm. which I don't. I'd rather just change the underlying substrate than make it faster. Mm-hmm. Wow! Damn, spoken like a true surfer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and in when when you're operating at three x a lot of bad things are going to fall through the cracks. You're going to, you're going to say a lot of dumb stuff. You're going totally. to you're gonna smoke like, a whole pack of Newports in like 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> also like my worst fear, my worst social fear is being an, is like, I, I'm so terrified of being annoying to people, like the quality of being annoying. And I think it's cause mm. I'm a middle child. So like somebody on either end was always telling me that I was being annoying and I've been cocaine is just like, it's just like a shortcut to the most annoying version of yourself. <laughs> I would I would tend to agree with all of that. Uh, I think for some people, cocaine makes them a little bit better, though. Really, it's rare, but I think <laughs> I think so. Yeah, like like all things, like some. I, I used to think that alcohol made me a better person. Ah, uh, yes, a common <laughs> a common uh, mistake. <laughs> I've heard that before. Too. I've heard that. But when did when was your heaviest partying phase, Molly? Was it college or or like in New York? Um, it was, I would say, so I went to college in Providence and I would come into New York and yeah. like go to misshapes and all that stuff. And so that was when I Hell was yeah. kind of, um, dabbling a little bit, but I was never a big party person. We were just talking, we were just talking, well, you know, Jason was actually a, a nightlife Titan in Los Angeles. Oh, I and, know. And, oh, <laughs> she's like, oh, I've done my homework. I know him. Uh, but what the Cobra snake is coming out with a Rizzoli book, uh, and Jason just had to sign his release form. So I can't wait for that. Oh my God. That's so incredible. That's like, um, that makes me feel so old. <laughs> yeah, I know. Same. I, I mean, I don't, I wonder though, if young people even romanticize like misshapes and, and sit space in that era, uh, at all, or if it's just not even on their radar. I think it's not on their radar. I, th- I think, he was waiting, like he was planning on releasing all these photos in a book, but he he had to wait for enough time to pass so they could kind of become vintage and and desirable again. So I guess like mm-hmm. two thousand four to two thousand ten or so is you know fifteen years ago. Well, my friend is the my friend is the editor in chief of the new Nylon, which they just relaunched today. So it seems like timing is perfect. Oh wow, I used to love Nylon. Good night, nice Nylon was a pretty big deal in its time, but I, I tie it very much to that era, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
it did give us Corey Kennedy, the first, the first indie it girl. So I would never want to take away that title. Yeah. It's funny. I remember, it's funny how that type of person, there's like a certain, I guess it's just having visual charisma, right? That somebody could become famous just by being documented and not by being like heard or not by anything they did, but just the kind of the way their personality was somehow broadcast mm. through a computer yeah, screen. Yeah, we never really even heard their voice or heard them speak or anything. It was just photos on Cobra Snake or, or MySpace or something. Yeah. It was kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know if that I don't know if that's good or bad, but that's really making me think now. Shit. What do you mean? I mean, you're right. That's just crazy cuz cuz now I feel like we're just we're overexposed to people's personalities so much that we're able to make a a uh, a judgment pretty quickly where mm-hmm. I think it's it's more captivating if you're just looking at someone and there's I mean, I say I talk about the, the lack of mystery all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's killing uh, celebrity in some ways, you know, I, I think that mystery is, is something that, that made celebrities alluring. And, and now we don't have that. Totally. The lack of mystery is killing everything. Cause you can't project if somebody is not slightly mysterious. Projecting I, I, is so important. <laughs> I, I don't th- but I think that if you're a musician or an, or an actor or, you know, whatever, I, I think that the, the pressure from, the powers that be to uh, participate in social media, even if you're like an editor of a magazine, it's, it's like it's so pushed on you that you have no choice, really. Like, I don't know who has that luxury anymore. Yeah, we're just kind of everybody's forced to like monetize every aspect of their personality. Yeah, but I mean, I think if you're it's interesting if I mean, if you're an actor or a musician, I feel like it feels more natural. But I, I remember when Instagram became really, really ubiquitous. A lot of people that I knew that were like writers or editors or whatever were like, I don't want to do this. That's like not mm-hmm. what I, that's not my thing. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I, I literally don't do this. But it was I think some of it was also based on the fact that like, I think for women specifically, it was like you had to look hot and be dressed well, you know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. I think is, is not necessarily uh, a, a job thing <laughs> or shouldn't be a job thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, but it was, it's, it, that's a weird time. And now it's just like over the line. Like I, I can't imagine someone, you know, not using Instagram if they're famous unless they're old, you know? Yeah. There's a few, yeah. like, I, f- I feel like some people are able, like maybe Frank Ocean or something is able to kind of avoid that and have a little bit of mystery in in his life. I mean, he has more than other people, but he even gave in a little bit because I think it's, it's hard to like, if you're young and you obviously want to be famous or continue to be famous, like it's so easy to participate, you know, and you get instant gratification. I mean, the, the, the dopamine from the likes is real. Well, Molly, do you feel like you have to show some of your personal life a little bit more to get higher success in your career as a writer? Not really. I mean, not for the kind of work that I do. I don't think I need to have an Instagram. Maybe that's maybe I'm just flattering myself by saying that. But uh, like, I don't think <laughs> it doesn't writing hurt about. Yeah, I don't, but I don't think writing about like books for New York Magazine. I don't think they're like checking out my social stats. You know, I hope not. Well, no. <laughs> I mean, I feel like everyone. You know, if if you read an article, or if I read an article that I really like, and I want to look into whoever wrote it more, the first thing I will do is go to their Instagram because it's like a direct feed of this person's life, and you can kind of get a summary or a, form an opinion about them just based off of photos of themselves. 
Right. That's true. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, though, but it's true. It's not a good I mean, I would rather do that than, I mean, people aren't really looking at someone's LinkedIn and, and getting a gauge <laughs> of their personality. Speak for yourself, bro. LinkedIn, LinkedIn and Venmo are the two best social networks that are underappreciated, in my opinion. Wait, expand on that, please. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, there are people out there in this world, Molly, who don't hide their Venmo transaction record. So you can go and look at what these people are paying for and they're either saying it outright or they're saying it with like emojis. <laughs> so it's like people are like you see like couples that are so cheap that they're paying each other back to like toothpaste or you see people like <laughs> buying drugs or being like it's Venmo. I have a whole thing. Venmo has ruined our society. It's ruined. Wow. It's because it's it's made everyone cheap. It's made being cheap acceptable and nothing is less chic than being cheap. Totally. Yeah, Chris. I've uh, of all the years I've spent with Chris going out, you know, he's he's the he's the the cool dad of the scenario who is always just like, I would rather just pull out a wad of twenties and pay for all of this than hear people like figuring out a bill at dinner or something. You know, I just don't. And it feels good to have guys like that around. I think young people are literally like, okay, well, you owe me $3.18 for that latte. And it's like, dude, we can't, we can't live like that. Life is too (laughs) short. Like I, it's just Venmo is amazing. And LinkedIn is honestly amazing. LinkedIn, I would say is the new Facebook. I would say you guys got to get back on. I mean, I don't have, I don't, I have a LinkedIn that I don't use and I don't have a Facebook because it's just frightening. Facebook is absolutely fire and you're wrong. It's incredible. <laughs> Facebook is like Facebook is like people watching at the airport. It's all the cross sections of the world. Facebook is not absolutely fire. Facebook is <laughs> the Facebook company is absolutely fire. <laughs> Don't well, get it. Jason, have you ever um have you ever like received offers of employment via LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> like uh like a legitimate one? any kind i mean I've, I've, <laughs> well I, I i would like to screenshot sometimes from linkedin where I'll, I'll go on and it'll be like a job offer has opened up that is perfect for you and i'm like oh great i wasn't even looking but i'm happy to see what's going on and then it's like security guard at doll's kill on fairfax <laughs> which is the, the last time i screenshotted it it was like oh uh, a position has opened up in in asset protection at Dolls Kill on Fairfax in Hollywood. And this... Asset protection. <laughs> but then I'm like, could you imagine? Um, You'd be great at that job, I'm sure. Oh yeah, I think so too. He's very big, so he could intimidate people from stealing. I think you know, yeah, security guard at Dolls Kill is how pornos start, if you ask me. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Honestly, that's true. Uh, have you? Have you worked a lot of funny jobs, Molly, or are you are you a person who hasn't done like dumb shit like Jason and I? Um, there I have worked a lot of menial jobs, but they're not funny. They're just kind of boring. Like I washed dishes, and I babysat, obviously. And my actually my first job was this is kind of funny. I when I was sixteen, I grew up in San Francisco, or actually just San Francisco, and also north of the city in a little hippie town called Bolinas, but. In Six. when I was, are you are you familiar with Bolinas? Either of you? I've I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. But I like not fr- I like I'm, funky little NorCal towns. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> they have really good familiar. olive oil somehow. 
I'm not really familiar with the Yay area, to be honest. I've only been to San Francisco like 10 times and never really liked it. <laughs> That's fair. Um, well, Bolinas is worth a Google sometime because it's like a, it's, it's a storied, it's an unincorporated hippie town with a lot of really cranky people in it. But, Ooh. but yeah. What I was Sounds like wild, wild country kind of vibe. Oh, 100%. Like all of those people just migrated slightly south and <laughs> settled in Bolinas. Um, oh, but my job, my first job was um, I worked at a store that, do you guys know the global streetwear powerhouse Huff? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, and and let, the, a, one day, a day after, after 420, 420. A day after 420, which is actually Huff Day now because of the socks. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 2004, it was 2004, it was just a, it was just a little shoe store and it was the guy who started it was a guy named Keith Huffnagel, aka Huff. And I just, I worked at. This is so sick. I'm sorry. I just, I just love that I know all of this information, but just hearing you recount it with such a a literary voice is pleasing (laughs) to us. It's so much better for you to say Keith Huffnagel than me. (laughs) It's so much more pleasing. Um, He was a great boss. He was very patient. Taught me how to tie or lace a shoe the correct way, and didn't get mad at me when I was like being introverted and hanging out in the back room with the shoes more than I, I should have. I was also, I also worked in footwear distribution um, at, a, at, at a younger, at a younger age. So I can relate to being in the stock room and just, you know, kind of hiding out from the people. And the smell of new shoes, that kind of intoxicating whiteout smell. Mm. That, is, that is truly, yeah, that is truly intoxicating. I miss new shoes. I haven't had a pair since quarantine started. Yeah, Molly's uh. speaking like a true sneakerhead. I know. Do you, do you have pictures of you online where you're licking new Jordans or anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I have no. a very good screenshot of of Mario Batali burying his nose deep into a pair of Yeezys on on the Hot Ones TV show where you eat spicy wings. It's good. That is so smutty. I'll share. It. Yeah, yeah. It's you know it, it happened before he was me too. So he'll, it has, he'll share it has it with, an innocent it, feel to it. He'll share it with you for ten dollars via Venmo if you don't if you don't mind. Did you were you into skateboarding culture or was this just like a job? No, not at all. Uh, it was just a job, and I, yeah, it was just a job. Not not a very remunerative job either. But it what was, was your, what was your vibe in high school? Like stoner, like cool. Who were you hanging with? Well, that was the problem. I didn't really have. I didn't have a lot of friends. I also dropped out of high school. Um, Sick. Me too. When did you drop out? I didn't. Well, it was the end of June. I didn't go senior year, so junior year. You people make me okay, sick. That's, that's nice. You made it. You made it pretty far. I, well, I. But you went to college, though. I don't understand. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I dropped out in sophomore year, and then I kind of. Did you drop did out because s- high school was not hard enough for you? No, <laughs> I, it wasn't one of those good dropouts. No, I it was, I just really didn't like it. I didn't have any friends, and I just ugh, it was just not it was not a fun time for Molly Young. Damn. So I'm sorry, I, but I did eventually go to college. And the funny thing is that I don't know if you guys know this, but in California, actually, I don't know if this is true. Anyway, I didn't get a GED. <laughs> um, I didn't know that you needed a GED if you wanted to go to college. Um, I didn't I, like I didn't know that you had to take the SATs. I like didn't know any of that stuff because I obviously didn't have a high school counselor or whatever they're called college yes. counselor um and so i and after a couple of years i applied to some of the ucs like uc santa cruz uc santa barbara 
um, and obviously didn't get in because I didn't have a high school diploma or a GED. <laughs> They're like, uh, yo, you forgot some paperwork, so. <laughs> yeah, and then I applied to, I think I read something maybe, I read that like Brown University was more loosey-goosey and I didn't, I didn't know that it was like a good school, but I knew that it was kind of more relaxed or that's what I'd heard. And so I called the, I applied to Brown and then I called the admission office and I was like, Hey, my name is Molly. Um, I just applied, but I don't have a high school diploma or a GED. So I just wanted to ask if that was okay. <laughs> and they were like, uh, yeah, we'll make a note of it in your file. <laughs> and then, so you're telling me you got into Brown university without a high school diploma. Yeah, it was like literally the only school I got into. It's how the fuck inexplicable. Do you know how cool it would be if I'd gone to fuck? No one told me that. I didn't know you could do that. I mean, well, I think, I think not. Not everyone can do that, Chris. I think no, there, I know, there may I have know. been some other. So, how did you go from no high school diploma to accepted into one of the most prestigious universities in America? Well, I think. I mean, a. I think I was like some prime diversity material because. I'm sure they didn't have a lot of dropouts. So maybe that had something to do with it. I never thought about, I've never been able to say I was diverse before. So that would have been extra, that would have been extra I was, cool. I was, I was trying to figure out what, what type yeah, of diverse you were, but I don't know if dropout diverse is what they're looking for. Yeah. I, I think they're like, looking for these- every type of diverse but that. Except that. Yeah, exactly. Like, could, if yeah. you maybe were missing an arm or something, that would have been better, but. Yeah, no. The admissions people, it's like, look around, you guys. What do all these people have in common? <laughs> High school diplomas. They're, they're intelligent. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I, I really didn't know that was possible. So then you just went to college like a normal person and then just started your adult life? Uh, m- yeah, more or less. I went for three years, not four years. Um, because you finished early or because you just couldn't no, take no, it? No, because it it's really expensive. And, but you, you can, it's possible to finish in three years. If you try, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, no, it totally changed the course of my life. I think I wouldn't, yeah, I, I, it didn't even occur to me any of the things that happened at, that happened at college, like the fact that people um, had ambitions and ideas. These were not things that I was familiar with from <laughs> my previous life. So, yeah. <sighs> Chris and I are still not familiar with those things. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. We have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm reeling from this. If I told my parents this, they'd be very upset. Wait, why? You're so successful. You, you I am made not. Fine. No, I'm, fi- I'm, 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 I'm fine. But I've always, you know, I have imposter. So I just want to be. I just think it'd be really cool if I had a college diploma from a reputable place. Well, I think, I think when you're like in your twenties and thirties and you have managed to, you know, lead a happy, successful life without going to college, then you kind of feel like, Oh, I, I'm better than you guys. Cause I was able to do it on my own. But then as you get yeah. older, you, you, you start to see some holes in your growth and development that may have been filled in by having a college life. Mm. And then you kind of yearn for those, those situations. Don't you think that like the best feeling in the world is the feeling of having gotten away with something? I feel like you've just like gotten away with. You're talking about something. being a little stinker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the best. I mean, you know, like you make a good point. You make a good. That's point. That's why people shop, shoplift at a young age. You know, exactly. Or or shoplift when they're forty. You know, it's the same thing. I, I don't. I do. I do feel like I've gotten away with something to an extent, 
Um, but I got to get these I, paper towels somehow, bud. Exactly. But I don't know if, um, I don't know. I mean, at the time though, when I was dropping out, it was literally like, your life is over. You're totally fucked. If you drop like that, that was the, the sentiment from above. Um, so I think it pushed me even further in the direction of quitting. Cause I was like, fuck authority, obviously. Uh-huh. So, but I, I don't think now a days it is, it is quite so, uh, catastrophic to not go to college or to drop out of high school. Why did you drop out? If I may ask. Um, well, um, because I was, well, there's, there's a few reasons, but I had an excuse basically because, um, some teen, uh, rivals of mine had placed a dead deer in my driveway. And, um, and so I I was able to, I was able to use that as, as, uh, ammo because the cops told my parents like, Hey, that's pretty serious. Like that might be a death threat, blah, blah, blah. So, um, just want to give a big shout out to being vegan in high school. It, it really pushed me out the door. Um, Wait, Chris, what did you do to, an- to antagonize them? Um, I was vegan. I was a, I, we were vegan and we were straight edge and we were loud and proud, you know? Oh. So, it, and also I grew up in like suburban Georgia. So it's like pretty redneck, you know, it's, it's like having a deer in the back of your truck is like no big deal. Really? That's kind of, you know what if, I mean? If That's you like want the whole course. story Chris's um what was that episode one of of public announcement yeah. podcast yeah the episode the first episode of of my other podcast is literally that story and then we go talk to the guy who put the deer in my yard we find him and talk yeah to you him. should go back oh, wow. and listen to it all of our listeners it's the the production quality is that of a uh, this American life style like it's it's very very well done and the story is insane. The story is insane and it's kind of crazy. I don't, I don't, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. And then, you know, we found that guy and he was, he's like, he's very, he's like a Matthew McConaughey type kind of. So he was really good to talk to. He was like really down to clown with us <laughs> and like get into the story. You know what I mean? Some I people put that deer about in it. your yard because you were a pussy. That's why I did it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of, that's the, if you want to break it down. <laughs> um, but I think that I, I haven't met, I, you are the first, you, high school dropout i've ever met who went to college i'm just so shocked this is so cool oh happy to be of service no thank you hey look thank you yeah, i think back <laughs> like back in back in the day if we, we were we were told like oh if you drop out of high school you're just you know you're gonna become a porn star or a drug addict or you're gonna fall into a life of crime and nowadays it's like oh i'm just gonna be a coder now or something you know totally totally yeah i mean has some cachet but I think college is prohibitively expensive for, you know, I would say 90% of the population. Totally. Yeah. Because, yeah. no, yeah. you know, you know, even if I was broke, I ain't going to no community college. You know, we can't we can't go to a college that don't even have a champion reverse weave sweatshirt in the bookstore. <laughs> hey, hey, look, I actually went to a couple. I went to community college and I loved it. It was what? fantastic. What did you love about it? Just the the small community feel. Just the fact that the uh, tuition price. The tuition, yeah, price, like yeah. <laughs> a cool fifteen dollars a credit. <laughs> 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 um, no, I mean it's just like the people in my classes. It would be like you know uh, a nineteen year old single mom and like a seventy three year old retired mm-hmm. therapist, and just the stakes a, are a lower. A lot of people are doing yeah, it just lower. because they 
would love to learn also, something and they're not doing it because their parents are pressuring them or to get into a yeah, good Yeah, there's career. like a purity. There's a purity to it. And the like the, the cross-section of people is one that you would only otherwise find in like an AA meeting. Mm. Yes. I, I understand the variety involved. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it accepts all comers. And that's, that's exactly. one of the, you know, that's one of the things about college that Chris and I did not get to experience was that, that melting pot of all people, which is, I, which has yeah, affected Chris I do think, his life now. It has affected me. That's a why lot, he can't actually. leave New have, York. No, I've been, I've had, I had, I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but I had very little patience for like normies. <laughs> like, like I just had no, like I had no patience for people who, who weren't cool to me or like did something interesting. I would just like write them off immediately as like, I don't have time for this bullshit because I was able to skip those parts of my life where I was forced to be around people like that and socialize with them. Um, but now I think I've understood that, you know, everybody has something to offer. <laughs> That's nice, Chris. No, I'm serious. It's, it's like a weird, you know, well, it's a, I mean, it's a, you know, it's very, it seems like, like a very obvious thing to realize, but you know, many people never, realize that so well done chris well it's taken me a long time to become i mean i'm probably i probably i would say my maturity level is probably five to seven years behind my actual age mm. Ooh, i have a question i have a question about that this is well this is a selfish question because i'm actually asking for professional advice but <coughs> let's say let does that quality come in handy if you're trying to get someone to pay you and they're like extremely delinquent in paying you like What's your tactic there? I'm actually really not the guy to do that. Like, I'm not good at that. I, I don't, um, I think you just keep following up. But what I think is the worst is when people will try to do it publicly. I think it's so embarrassing. But sometimes, uh, that's, like sometimes that's the only yes. option. No, that I would never do that. I just think that's like, maybe my faux wasp is coming out, but like, I couldn't do that. No, I, I hear huh. you. But, and you could also never do a, an airport public tweet or i mean an air, airline no public no tweet. P- P- delta my flight's delayed like that's crazy to me like that's just so insane but i think that or is it delinquent to the point where you could like take legal action yeah i'll well okay i'll tell you is it bit, were you tr- molly are you is trying it, to talk about like the the idea of of playing dumb or innocent as a means to get a delinquent invoice paid oh i was thinking more along the lines of playing like threatening and combative uh, do you have a lawyer no i don't have a lawyer chris what am i a millionaire look, <laughs> look i've got a few lawyers and let me tell you something they're great and you should get one just you to have multiple lawyers not like on retainer but i got guys i could call if i need to bang their line and get somebody threatened with a letter of course okay. they're all guys okay. but, the, but but the question is the question is is it enough money to care about yeah, I mean, so it was. I invoiced this company in September. I'm just really look. My Under Armour is notoriously podcast. bad for paying. <laughs> What'd you say? I don't want to repeat it. I said Under Armour is notoriously bad about paying. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. We're just making fun of. Under I just Armour said that brand. to make Chris laugh. That's that has uh, nothing to do with anything you're saying, and I apologize. Okay, great. <laughs> Shall I continue? Yes, please. Um, yes, please. Okay, so I'll make it quick. This com- so this company didn't pay me, and you know, obviously, this happened before. I invoiced them in September, but it was like a shit. It was like thirty percent of my income last year, um, and so I kept like following up, following up, following up, and then, um, and then I went to, and then 
couple months passed. I went on vacation. And when I came back and they still hadn't paid me, this was like a month and a half ago. Um, I thought that what I, I thought the only thing I could do was this company has like a fancy office on Lafayette street. And I thought I would just pack up my laptop and go work in the office. Mm. <laughs> I like this on my own projects and like drink all the cold brew and eat all the expensive snacks and like print thousands of pages in full color and like basically collect interest on mm. their debt. Yes. Yes. So did, so did you feel yourself kind of going crazy thinking about how you can get justice for this? Yeah. I'm, well, I feel like the only way to like legally menace a company is to just like take rational behavior so far that it just horseshoes back into insanity. Like there's actually nothing super crazy about going and, and asking for the money. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. Tony Soprano level of justice, yeah, but yeah. it's obviously completely insane. And then the quarantine happened and I couldn't do that anyway. I think, unfortunately, I think that this quarantine is going to cause a lot of uh, delayed payments to be, like, oh, sorry, like it's going to add months to, to the process because now everybody has an excuse. Mm-hmm. The same way, like if a big company want, wanted to do layoffs six months ago, they're going to do them now and, and blame it on coronavirus and everybody's going to, you know, that's fine, basically. Um, but if it's that much money, which it sounds like it's considerable and the company is obviously still in business and operating, I would, I would, I, I personally would get a threatening letter that that usually works pretty quickly, um, or you get the home number of the accounts payable and just ruin their Ooh. lives. <laughs> okay, cool. Or I, like our, that. I would. Li- our, you should also maybe create a fake, like New York Magazine article, like a ten pager outlining the whole thing, <laughs> and be like, "All right, guys, you have twenty four hours before I click the publish button. <laughs> yeah. We can do it two ways." Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. We we make exhibits all the time in the agency business to show clients like what headlines would look like so you could just you could just this is what your story would up. look like on goop.com and then they're like oh here exactly. take my fucking money <laughs> exactly this is how your story would look in the wall street journal front page above the fold <laughs> great great okay great but i mean the, that's a good idea have you have you felt that inc- that like urge in your body to to publicly shame them on social media and do like a, a 12 tweet thread no, just because that doesn't seem strategic. Although I don't, I don't have anything against that method. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of fun to watch. What it play is not out, strategic but... about it? It seems like it could be effective. It just kind of seems like self-destructive. Um, yeah, it is. But uh, you know, some some people they just get pushed to the point where they have they don't know what else to do. You know, I mean, thirty percent of someone's annual income is a lot of fucking money. Yeah, it's true. I like Can the threatening I, letter. I, I think I'll try that. And also, you could get the threatening letter. You, you could write the threatening letter yourself using legalese and then put a fake law firm and like Fifth Avenue address header on the top, and they're not going to know the difference. Oh, that's great. Maybe I'll Some, have my husband design like a crazy letter yeah, or something. Yeah, it's perfect. And, and like give it a real powerhouse name and, and make it look maybe, up. A, maybe a, it could be the three of address. us Young Black Stewart and Associates. Yes. <laughs> Young Black Stewart Associates has a very nice ring to it. <laughs> should we go? We should go ahead and make the merch now. I feel like that would pop. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I mean, honestly, though, that that is chasing money has been a reoccurring theme in my adult life. But something happened in the last like two or three years where it it it's gotten much easier. 
Like people, people pay so much faster than they did five years ago. I think a lot of the public shaming of those who weren't paying has sort of straightened things out a little bit, or maybe you're just richer than you were two or three years ago and you don't feel yourself checking that email every day. No, I mean, it just used to be like, I would just be owed like substantial, substantial amounts of money. And it would be like, everybody would just say there's nothing they could do. You know Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's like, which I prefer to a not, are you getting a non-response, Molly? Uh, I get the like we're working on it. Hang in there. Response. Oh fuck that! Is this and just you know I don't want I don't want you to reveal too much. But is this a startup? No, no, it's like a very well established creative agency. Mm. Interesting. Okay. One, okay. One last idea: try to find somebody at the agency who is a Molly Stan, and try to try to you know use a little honey to get some bees. Find a, find a, a Molly Young simp at this agency like, and be like, hey, I have this little issue I'm dealing with. Do you think you could help me out with it? And then he'll be like, oh, God. And then he will, he will you know, make sure that that check gets cut. Yeah, and then you can send him an autographed glossy 8 by 10 um, <laughs> as, a, as a, you know, just as kind of like a peace offering, you know, that you don't, you, you don't you have to send him like a, a cameo thank you or something like that. Damn, that'd be sick. You should get on Cameo. That's a great idea. Is that the thing where you pay people and they make you a video or something? Yeah, Not yeah. People, should I go on celebs. Cameo? Celebs. Should I go on Cameo, maybe? If Absolutely. you did, what would you set your price at, Chris? Either 50 bucks or like 600 Like It has to be funny. It has to be like a dollar or it has to be like a thousand. Mm, I agree with that. Because then it... I've never gotten one, but it seems like a really funny gift. Like I, I feel like I should think about it more often because it, it, it makes people's day. It makes people's day, but it has a dark energy to it. Like these people are supposed to be celebrities and they're, you know, wishing some dumbass in Iowa a birthday for like twenty three dollars. Like I mean, it's a little dark, but, but Jason, you're right that like any get- any number between one and a thousand is just pathetic, you know? It's pathetic, exactly. Who needs this? This is auxiliary income. It, it's only for jokes. Yeah, it's undignified. You know what? It's not. It's it's another. It's another encroachment on um, mist on mystery. I think it you'd is. be eroding your mystery mm. if you 1, opened up for business. I don't want to know what Bam Margera's kitchen looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Molly, I don't know how you how familiar you are with my brand, but my brand is pretty life out loud, open book. Uh, I don't. I disagree with that. Really? I don't think there's much mystery with CB. You don't even, no, he don't. doesn't even post a selfie. Well, that's because I'm a man. <laughs> Good point. I feel like, I feel like you keep the kimono pretty tightly. Wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I am, I am a demure woman. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> keep the kimono wrapped. A demure geisha. <laughs> exactly. Um, wait, before I forget, can I tell you guys a, a cool suggestion that maybe the listeners will like too. Sure, please. God bless. This is a real left turn, but I am looking at a cardboard box right now from a company called Miami Fruit. Do you guys know about this? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but sounds sick. This is at both your alleys. So it's miamifruit.org and you can order, you basically just order a variety box. It's a little like organic farm in Florida that grows exotic fruits mm. and they send you 
they send you like a mystery box full of fruit and it's all, all fruits that are you know, like you've never seen shit like Exo- this. Like, exotic. Yeah, like from Avatar. Um, <laughs> uh, Miami fruit sounds like a Bravo show, but go on. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so then you unpack the box and then it's a whole – it takes up a lot of time, which is nice in quarantine because you have to go through and identify all the fruits. And then you have mm. to figure out like how do they each ripen and what do they each taste like. Mm. And so the past week – the past week I've just spent every single day there's like – a delicious new surprise waiting for me in the kitchen. <laughs> so you, so you've had to look up and, and prioritize. Like, all right, on Tuesday, the the star fruit should be good, and then on Thursday, we have to eat that dragon fruit, or else it's going to turn. Like, you have to exactly. find it all out. This exactly. does. This is pretty cool. It sounds actually. a little expensive. This sounds- am I wrong? It's not, I mean, yeah, it's a splurge, but it's just so cool to be like 34 years old and tasting entirely new tastes. So is there a new exotic fruit that you could recommend to our listeners that they might not be aware of? Uh, Have you guys heard of a velvet apple? No. No. Is that a Prince song? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like the, it's a dark purple fruit. It's not an apple. It's I don't know what it is, but it's this dark purple. It's like the size of a tennis ball, and you cut it in half, and it tastes like uh, like it tastes the way a medieval tapestry looks. <laughs> oh my god! It sounds so like a lesbian that, bar to me. But go on. This sounds like a so Stevie Nicks is a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, where this do I is, begin? How much is the box? Give us the price tag. Um, you get a, if, I think the best value is to get a large box, which is like pretty giant, and it's ninety seven dollars. But there's a promo code. What the fuck? For fifty. Enter, enter, <laughs> enter, Molly, Molly Young at checkout. Are you no. promoting your little business? Look, if on you our wanted podcast? to plug your your small business, wait until the show <laughs> yeah, is could, done. You could have gone about it a different way. <laughs> no, no, I wish, I wish I were sponsored by MiamiFruit.org, but I'm not. <laughs> Dot org is so fire. <laughs> so anyway, so, just a recommendation. No, so so is it too much fruit for like one person? Like, is it is it for ninety seven dollars? It, it better be too much fruit. Uh, it's a ton of it's it's a lot of fruit. But if you're like a fruit person, you'll be eat. It's like if you have two people in your household who have a healthy fruit appetite, I think a large box because you can also space <laughs> out. <laughs> okay okay you can also space out you can put things in the fridge to you know slow down the ripening process and then i had like an extra um god what was it i had an extra um an extra fruit that was kind of going bad and so i made a hair mask out of it <laughs> oh my oh, god quarantine is real I'm calling the cops just to do a mental health check. Molly, how long until you start referring to these fruits by their Latin name? <laughs> Actually, I did learn a good one. Um, Passiflora incarnata is the name for passion fruit plant. Oh, it's not pretty. when the, when yeah, the joke very, is real. Yeah. yeah, that's really that's really good. Actually, that sounds like sexy. Uh is are you making like smoothies? Are you hitting raw? Like, what's the deal? Like, with most of these, you gotta fruits? hit raw at that price point. It's like when you go to sushi and they go, <laughs> no soy sauce, it's the same vibe, but with yeah. fruit. Yeah, you're right. 
You don't exactly. want to muddy the yes. waters with Khalifa brand almond milk. <laughs> no. Are you are you a cook by nature, Molly? Yeah, well, I think that was part of the um that's a, to tie it back to me leaving high school early. I moved out of my house and so I like learned to feed myself and make simple foods at a young age. So I've just kind of always I've always known how to do that. I mean, nothing fancy. I make really, really simple stuff, but I like cooking. It's relaxing. Mm, Jason's a big cook, but I don't think it relaxes him. Um, sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. I think Jason's a little more ambitious, so I think it stresses him out when he's trying to really nail it. You know, Jason, what's your latest project, food-wise? Um, I would say I, I, I recently got into the idea of videotaping the process of me cooking things and to one day share it on social media, which so fun. which is something that I've been sort of hesitant to do, but people ask me to do it all the time. And I've always been waiting on some type of angle to do it. So I'm trying to figure out what that angle is right now, but more so, you know, just like teaching people how to cook stuff. And, but I, I, I can't just show them how to make something. I have to like show them something in a new and unique way that's never been done or else I don't feel like there's a reason to. Oh, I want to watch this. It, would it be a, like an Instagram TV situation? Yeah, Instagram, or Instagram TV situation. And then I would probably cool. like voiceover narrate the whole thing. This is no joke. He's, he's, he's incredible. It's like eating at a restaurant. It really is that good. Chris, oh. don't gas me up like that. No, but I'm serious. Uh, you're not good at anything else. I have to carry this fucking podcast on my shoulders, but you can cook your ass Thank off. you for that, Chris. Okay, no here's, problem. Here's a more focused question. What's an ingredient that you've been really maximizing lately? Uh, um, I would say zucchini. I, I've, I've been really into, like, it's, it's important to, for all of us to eat vegetables right now. So our, our mm-hmm. immune system is, is pumping. And uh, I've got really into perfecting the art of steaming or boiling vegetables and eating them like that versus roasting them or other ways of cooking them. Like the this under underrated. Yeah, steaming. I think I think there's a way to like really get a pure innocent flavor from it, and then the the steaming kind of like opens up the pores to receive what other flavors you want to add to it, like olive oil or salt or lemon juice or something like that. You can make some really yeah. like subtle, delicate, beautiful flavors with the, with the steamed veg. I love that. Damn, Jason, that was poetic, bro. Yeah, I'm reeling. <laughs> Fucking bars, Cold, Cold brew is hitting. Cold brew is... Cold brew is definitely hitting. Yeah, Molly, what's your coffee intake? Are you just banging the cold brew? I just I, I just started making cold brew. Actually, today was my first successful batch. Um, I, I made it too. I started making it during the core myself, and I gotta say, it it is hitting. But I found a, Jason. I found a replacement. I didn't tell you this yet. <clears throat> okay, tell us. Uh, Spotify exclusive. Go ahead. No, <laughs> no. Um. So, do you know what President's Choice is? Either of you have you, either of you been to Canada before? No, never heard President's of President's Choice. So. Pr- President's Choice is like the big Canadian store brand. Like it's like the the grocery store brand, basically. Um, and I found they have nitro cold brew in the can for two dollars and fifty cents. No, two fifty Canadian. Yeah, which is so it's basically free for me. <laughs> 
So like so you you're finding out that the generic is actually hitting very well like a, like a Gildan shirt or something for example. Exactly. It's it's the Gildan shirt of cold brew. This shit is hitting hard as fuck. Mm. Are you are you somebody who does caffeine have a really strong effect on you? Well, I don't know if it has a strong effect on me or if it's all I have so I think it has a strong <laughs> effect on me. Um but yes. Well, the first one of the day absolutely knocks the cobwebs off and lets me get those fucking workouts in. Uh the afternoon bean is more just to maintain, so I don't take a nap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't usually get me that jazzed, but What's I have so to. What's so bad have about it. taking a nap? Nothing. I just feel groggier mm-hmm, after. Mm-hmm. But luckily, I don't have much to do. So <laughs> I was going to ask: When you guys wake up from a nap, are you really hungry? That always happens to me. No, I guess hmm. I've never thought about that. But it kind of makes sense, yeah. When when I wake up from a nap, I feel I feel like I want to be comforted with food. Like I want my mom to bring me like a sandwich or something that I mm-hmm. eat while still being like semi lying down. Do you guys eat in bed? Absolutely not. That's disgusting. Um, <laughs> I do not. I do not. I I will eat. Um, I would say like. Eighty percent meal at at kitchen table, twenty percent living room TV, coffee table situation. If you're feeling naughty, but never in bed. That's so civilized. So civilized. Well, what's your What's your ratio, Chris? What's your ratio? I eat Chris's at the table. table, I table straight away, all the all the way. T- table straight away. <laughs> um, I I don't I can't like eat on a, on a couch. I'm I'm also just I, I don't like to spill, you know, and I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit, you know, even though I'm a big grown boy, I, I'm a little clumsy. Sometimes you don't Chris like the- does a spilly. <laughs> Sometimes Chris makes a mistake. You don't like <laughs> balancing a plate on your knees. Well, Chris, yeah, I would no, argue if you put if you put your your meal on like a coffee table and then go Indian style on the floor, the ch- the chances of you making a uh oh are even lower. <laughs> You're right, but it's not comfortable. I don't know how your big ass does it because it's uncomfortable for me. I'm not even as big. As I you. will do a full legs akimbo, straddling, <laughs> <laughs> straddling the corner of a coffee table, posted up. I've seen you. I've seen your little gumby ass doing that before, and I tell you what, it, it killed my appetite. <laughs> I'm glad you were able to eat. <laughs> so you're you're jealous of my akimbo abilities that's, and that's fine no I'm, I'm not no i'm just saying like if you're gonna wear shorts that short you need to keep your legs mm-hmm. crossed understood <laughs> jason i feel like if you just stood up normally i could like walk between your legs without <laughs> hitting my head like a like a california redwood tree <laughs> <laughs> um but speaking of sitting on the floor have you guys ever heard of this uh i recently discovered this lifestyle expert named tony riddle do you know about this guy? No. What is, what is a lifestyle expert? Also, that could be Chris's <laughs> title. Now that I think of it, yeah. First of all, no, don't come. I've never, me. I've never heard of this person, but please, please go on. Um. So he is. He's like. I think he's Irish or English or some kind of British. But he is. He looks like a Viking, and he is a big proponent of two things. One of them is barefoot running. He like runs nine hundred <sighs> miles barefoot. Real freak <laughs> shit. Real freak shit. Yeah, I'm sure he has like hooves. And the other one, the other one Just is because he's he Irish. Is, wow. <laughs> uh, 
The other one is he's a big advocate of what he calls ground living, which is where you just live without any kind of furniture. So no chairs. You just squat on the ground. What the fuck? And so uh, towards the beginning of quarantine, I was spending spending days um, without using furniture just to see what it was like. And you just kind of alternate through all these monkey-like positions on the floor. It's like it's a fun thing to do for one day, just to just to. No, pass I've the actually time. been sort of experiencing this lately, as I've I've been doing a, a little landscaping project in the yard, and I spend a lot of time shifting my body around in different squat positions, and it is mm-hmm. it is sort of like a weird little game. Maybe I'm maybe I'm already there. What are, what's the gardening? Also, if you guys need to go, you can go. I'm just like, I'm so starved for social contact that I could talk for like 12 this hours. This podcast ends when we, when we say it ends, okay? Yeah, first of all, don't overstep your boundaries <laughs> as guests and try to end the show. <laughs> no, I'm just, we're just, uh, we're pulling up some of the grass. We're doing some landscaping, adding in some plants and things like that. But it's been a big process. Are you, uh, is mulch a part of the process? Not yet. Um, mulch has not been. Gotta get some mulch. I have done some manuring earlier in the year. <laughs> uh, also, Jason drives a truck, so he he'd be mulch really fits into his persona. Yeah, I feel at some like. point this week, I'll be loading you know things of grass into the bed of a truck and then like dumping them in a place. Damn, you are such a man, dude! It's so cool. It's cool as hell. I've never dug up anything, and I don't plan to. <laughs> Do you have a um, composting situation? No, I I think that might be a bridge too far. I don't think my girlfriend would allow that. Composting is too is too disgusting. I can't deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I just learned about something called hot composting. Do you That's just that dis- no stop. <laughs> okay. My my stomach. Hurts. <laughs> hot yoga, good. Hot composting, I don't know. But I want to do you do you heat the compost up and then and then smell fume like smell lines Charlie Brown style come out from it? Um, sort of. It's much cooler than okay. that. But I just learned about this. Apparently, if you mix a certain percentage of like food waste compost, like orange peels, banana peels, whatever, mm-hmm. if you mix that with a certain amount of mulch, like larger wood chips, um, for some reason the ratio of the of those ingredients and their different rates of decomposition. Um, it like starts microbial activity and on its own, it'll get up to like 130 degrees. So like if you what? stick, if you stick your hand in a pile of hot compost, like you oh. have to take it out after 10 seconds. Cause it's too hot. <laughs> I mean, that's like the, uh, you know, 130. That's like a nice medium rare. Molly. Steak. Molly. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? I'm all right. I think that Chris feels a little either. jealous because the only um, natural food waste that he produces are empty Essentia bottles, and he can't really participate <laughs> is... in this fun experiment. Wait, why is Essentia? Why is it good? People, why are people Great into it? Is it just normal water? It's. I think it's already. Actually, I think it's over. I think it went. It went Fiji, Essentia, Mountain Valley, and now it's only reusable. Well, I, th- I think especially in, in L.A., the it used to, you know, before big water was taken down by Nalgene and, and refilling, every it was it was just like fashion. Like every six months or a year, there was the 
the in vogue water brand that you had to have. And for a long time it was Essentia. And I think it's it's all just branding, if you ask me. Remember remember when you had the, the smart water with the glass bottle, Jason? Oh, that was good. Mm. Yeah, smart smart water so used to make a glass version of the bottle that looked exactly like the regular plastic smart water bottle, but it was for like a hotel in Miami. And I, I got my hands on some of them and then I broke one. Extremely cool. One of the cooler things you've ever done. Yeah. I, I actually, um, friend of the show, uh, Ariel, Mr. Green just sent me two new Nalgene's today. I got them in the mail today. Oh. So I'm, I'm, you know, an environmental warrior now. <laughs> Um, Molly, what's your water bottle brand of choice? Or are you, are you like an Nalgene? Yeah, it's a good old Do you like to do Nalgene. a big mouth hole or the small mouth hole? Big. Uh, so that it splashes all over my yeah, chest that's, every time. I, I'm, I'm, I'm small, small hive on this side completely because if you're doing anything except standing perfectly still, you're going to do a splashy with the big hole. Yes, I agree. So, but you I'm, like that. I'm also... Big hole hive. What the fuck. Why? Because <laughs> it's better. I mean, I could, I could, I, just, I could be like jogging with small hole and not a drips, not a drip false. I bet. Jason, I hate this. I hate this kind of thought. <laughs> Jason, I bet your freaky ass would drink a big mouth beer though. You have a big hole in your Miller Lite. <laughs> I forgot about big mouth beers. And I'm really surprised <laughs> that you even remember them, Chris. Somebody who never I'm drinks a vault, beer. Baby. Beer is honestly disgusting. Well, as somebody who doesn't do any like manual labor, they kind of go hand <laughs> in hand. Like when I, every time I'm, I'm I spend a couple hours digging in the yard, afterwards <laughs> I immediately want a like cold plain American beer for some reason. Molly, when you finish catching some sick waves, do you crack a Corona on the sand? Uh, no, because I have to drive like an hour back to my she house. She probably <laughs> smashes a freaking sick breakfast burrito with tons of guac inside. <laughs> and then you have like an no. acai smoothie. No, you know, and the truth is that I, I have a little tradition called dunk in, dunk out. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> there's, uh. a dunk, there's a Dunkin' Donuts near the Rockaway break where i go and so i dunk in the water and do my little session and then i drive to dunkin donuts and i dunk out by getting a like a sleeve of hash browns and some coffee a sleeve of hash browns a sheath of hash browns the fact that you're from northern california and then you still embrace dunkin donuts is shocking to me i know it's disgusting like i i hate every single thing there but it's a tradition Dunkin' Donuts is 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 the co- drink, liking Dunkin' Donuts coffee is a character flaw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree. Have um I, have you ever had I any um, any dangerous moments at sea? Have you ever tangled with a shark? Have you ever been pounded on the reef, sublime style? Anything like that? <laughs> no, I mean the thing I was most scared of when I first started in New York was that I would ignite like a lifelong blood feud with a local, but there aren't really any. Oh, like, like, look like this is our break. Kook, get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, But there's people, I mean, compared to California, people are not territorial at all. So yeah, it's it's a little different over here. Like you snowflake surfers over there in New York. Yeah. I I remember. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just think it's different because of the, 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 the amount of 
effort it takes to surf in New York, almost you just all respect each other, I feel like. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, it's kind of, it's like the economics of surfing is all about scarcity, right? Which is like why people are so territorial because there's a limited number of waves and a limited number of people. And so it's like a zero sum game, but in New York, no one's really out there. So there's just an abundance of waves and there's no need to scrap over them. I've found. I would love to see you scrap over a wave though. Now that you, <laughs> now that you put it like that, I'm going to go to my car. I'm going to dump this fucking donuts on you. I just saw Molly Young tug on someone's leash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Molly, what do you, before we go, what, uh, how would you rate your core? One to ten. Your your core. Um, it really strength. depends how depends how much I've been in the water. But if I if I surf a lot for like six months in a row, my core gets so nuts that I have. <laughs> <laughs> my core is I, fucking only, nuts right now, dude. I'm not even gonna lie. I not only have abs, I have babs. What is babs? Back but, abs. But abs. Or butt abs? back abs like you can feel my abs from the back what the Damn, hell that's fire now now you've got me thinking you could feel the abs from the back it's so weird like i also it's one of those things that it doesn't when you're actually doing it it doesn't feel like a workout at all and so when mm-hmm. if i do it for a long time and my body is like completely transformed it's it's so mysterious it's like if i it's like if I started weightlifting and my face got prettier. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I know what you mean. Dan, there, there, Dan, are, there are certain activities like that where when you're in the process of doing it, you don't notice it. But then when you're done, you're like, oh, my God, like I'm, I'm out of breath. My heart's really hurting and I'm, I'm sore. sore and all that stuff. I, I love exercises like that. What do yeah. you do? What do you do for exercise under normal circumstances? Um, just like <laughs> – I just like prison style workout, like chair dips and push ups and wall sits and I'm stuff listening. like that. Whenever I'm sick, whenever I'm antsy, I just get up and and do that for five minutes, and I do that like twenty times a day because I'm always antsy. How much are you sleeping during quarantine? Are you doing twelve hours a night? Or are we looking at like like less? I've always been like a solid eight hour a night woman, but I have a lot of insomnia now. Um, so it's been. Have you been experiencing so vivid dreams in the core? Yeah, I just have tons of dreams where I'm like dying in different ways. Really? Do you wow. Guys? Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh wow. Okay. On that damn. note, uh, thanks, Molly. Um, damn, I'm sorry. Really nice talking to you. <laughs> have you tried CBD? <laughs> I haven't. I, I've tried CBD before, and it never did anything to me. But is it? It's not a hoax. It's real. Um, mm. the answer is yes. <laughs> it is real. Yes, and, it's not a it hoax. It is real, and it's also a hoax. No, I mean, I think. I think you have to look at it like a like a vitamin or a supplement. You you can't just take it mm-hmm. once and it it starts happening. I think you have to take it regularly for a couple of weeks to have more of like a holistic effect going on. Do you yeah, smoke do you smoke marijuana regular style? No, not really. Although I did just get um just as a another fun hobby, I started growing a tiny little marijuana plant which is like 2 inches tall. Um, there's the, the nor there's the norcal oh yeah it's, it's it's legal but over in cape cod right i actually don't know but it's so small right you now you don't even care that's it fucking badass it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't look or smell like marijuana yet but in two weeks the first little recognizable leaf i think is gonna like pop out and then it, 
it'll start smelling like weed. But all that, all that to say, I don't really, I don't really like smoking weed. It just makes me foolish and hungry. Damn. Those are two good you should things. Tell Jason, Jason is foolish and hungry as hell. Jason, what do you? What? Weed on you? What'd you say? You you broke up for a second. Oh, sorry, Jason. What are the like beneficial? How does weed affect you beneficially? Um, I would say S- sick, sick ideas. <laughs> Uh, I, I kind of look at it. I mean, it, it helps me relax at when I when I take it at night, and and it helps me sort of concentrate on some things. And then it it does help me create some, like the process of creating an idea from scratch out of nowhere. It can really help that process along. But then you have to remember to sleep on that idea and go back and look at it with with fresh sober eyes the next day because most of it is really bad but you can sort of you know make something out of nothing through the power of being really high see that sounds great to me i just never have that experience. and it doesn't give me the munchies really i get more oh. i get way more munchies from alcohol um and it does like the little the little voice in your head with marijuana is impossible to shut up which can be good or bad um, Wait, what do you mean? What little voice? Like if, like if you're like, oh, I should, I should like, I forgot to make the bed or like fold the lawn, you know, little things like that. Where if if I'm stoned, it'll that'll just keep pounding in my head over and over again, and then I'll be like, oh, I have to, I just have to go do this, or like, you know, wash my face before bed if I was feeling lazy or whatever it might be. I won't be able to move forward unless I do that. Whereas if I was not stoned, I could be like, eh, I'll fold the laundry tomorrow. Whoa, so it's like externalized willpower? Yeah, it is. <clears throat> I would say so. But then the, the, that can be positive or negative. Huh. Cool. Yeah. I want that drug. <laughs> but it takes it God, took me a yeah. long time to to sort of mold how I how it affects me positively. It took it, me like a year yeah, of smoking and just being back, anxious. Back when I was chief and heavy, Jason wouldn't even hit the blunt. Yeah, it used to make me really paranoid, really anxious. And I, I was like afraid of saying embarrassing things or sounding stupid when I was speaking. And now I realize that, it, you know, you can say funny stuff. And if you sound like an idiot, it's not that big of a deal. Isn't that isn't that the lesson of life, guys? I think it really is. I mean, you know, all of this can just be boiled down to fear. You know what I mean? Wow, Jason. Uh, after 17 episodes of sounding like idiots, I would have to agree. This is fine. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for um, chatting with us today, Molly. It's been a treat. Thanks guys. This was very therapeutic. Amazing. Hey, that's what we're here. That's what we're here for. We'll send you our bill. Um, if you want to tell people, uh, where to find you and also tell them about your newsletter. Mm. Oh, um, where to find me? I don't know. You could just, uh, Google my fucking name, dog. Yeah, you say it. I say Google my name every week, so you can say it this week. Google my generic name. And <laughs> and I have a newsletter for New York Magazine that you can find if you Google some version of Molly Young newsletter, New York Magazine. And I write about uh, book recommendations. And now is a great time to, to curl up with a book. Do you think, um, just based on talking to us for the last hour and a half, is there a book that you might prescribe for us and our... And our ways that could be assisted by by a book. Uh, 
you know what I just read that was really good? This is a good escapist escapist book. It's like a slim 140 pages. And it's a, it's a book about a psychopathic art critic that was published in... Is this Jerry Salt's memoir? <laughs> <laughs> you really teed Chris up for that one. Yeah, sorry. You handed me that. <laughs> Great job. Nailed it. I just What's it pitched called? You, pitched you it's a called Big right Gulp Coffee. <laughs> oh, stop it. No, it's called, it's called The Burnt Orange Heresy. Kind of a crazy name. Uh, uh, Chris opened for that band of... in, in 98. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We played in a basement with him in Tallahassee. Yeah, it's like heresy. Florida hardcore. <laughs> and, and they're making a movie out of it. Or they already have. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but apparently Mick Jagger's in it. But don't let that dissuade you. The, the author is Charles Wilford. And okay. Yeah, big I'm, Willie. Big, big Charles Willie. Um, <laughs> great. We'll look it up. I'll add it to my bookshop, bookshop.org cart. I, I can great. already tell that the book is better than the movie. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Okay, great. Well, um, thank you so much for all Thanks, of this, Molly. Molly. We will we will follow you on, on all of your ways on the internet. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, bye.